Brethren, you are the El Shaddai. No one is like him today. Father, as you have made it possible, you have told me you have provided the opportunity for me to deliver your word today. Father, may you put your words in my mouth that I may say them. Father, I am nobody. Father, King of glory, but I am a vessel that you can use to talk to your people. And you have ordained it, mighty King of glory. May every word spoken here be directly from you. And may every word spoken from here have great encounter in the lives and minds of my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good. So, um, I know I was still looking at the time. Um, what actually God puts on my mind to talk to you about is the need for discipleship. That is the title, the need for discipleship. And when I say God laid it upon my heart to say it, it is really how it is. Because the dead pastor told me that I can speak the word on this Sunday immediately after he said it. What is in my mind? What just God put on my mind is discipleship. Discipleship. My people need to be disciples. Discipleship. Discipleship. Ringing it all the time, every preparation, whatever, is discipleship. Yes. Yeah, it's better. Ringing it, discipleship. Discipleship. Even to the last time that I get down to get it ready on a paper, it is about the need for discipleship. And there is no other, I don't have choice than to avert to what he wants to say because that is the only way he will be able to speak through me. I cannot deviate from what he wants. So, um, during one of, um, one of um, our home cell meetings in my previous church in Germany when I used to live in Germany, um, a member which um, was a German um, relatively new convert, yeah, not that it's uh, entirely new, but um, it's hadn't stayed long in the faith, was asked during the home cell whether she was a disciple of Jesus Christ. And she answered that um, she was not a disciple, but a Christian believer. That was what she said. Yeah. She said that disciples are a sort of leaders or senior Christians, Christians in the church. Yeah, and not everyone, and she is not among the disciples. So this answer, of course, it was a little bit surprising, and it led to our discussion that day as well in the home cell. But this answer can, from my perspective, and from the word of God, only be admitted as partially correct, in the sense that not all believers are disciples. It's true. But it is also partially wrong in the sense that all Christians, all believers are called, are required to become disciples. Because that is the only way 
to reach and, and possess the inheritance that I've already prepared for us. Yeah. So many Christians today, maybe some of us in this house, um, <clears throat> often give this kind of definition of disciples. I have heard some Christians argue that discipleship is for specific Christians with specific positions in the church only and not for every Christian. And that leads me to what God wants me or in putting in my mind to really talk to you about today. It leads us to ask the question of who is a disciple and what is discipleship? So looking at the standard definition, perhaps dictionary definition of a disciple, a disciple is someone who adheres to the teachings of another. Yeah? It is a follower or a learner of that person. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else. That is the standard definition in the dictionary of what discipleship or disciple is. Applied to Jesus Christ, a disciple is someone who learns from Jesus to live like Jesus. Someone who, based on God's awakening grace, conforms his words or her words and ways to the words and ways of Jesus. Disciples are followers of Jesus Christ who have, listen very carefully, who have moved beyond being merely believers, that is profession of faith, into lifelong pursuit of living life like Jesus. So there is a slight difference between a believer and a disciple. Disciples are those, or disciples are those who have moved beyond being merely believer to into a lifelong pursuit of living like living life like Jesus. Not all believers are disciples, but also all disciples are believers. But the truth of the matter is that we are all called, like I said before, and required to be disciples, to engage in discipleship. Discipleship, then, is the process of learning how to follow Jesus, how to live like him, and how to become his disciples or disciple. That is discipleship. That is discipleship. Of course, uh, sometimes also part of discipleship is also that you then move from learning how to and also discipling others, getting others to learn and become disciples of Christ. So let us go first to uh, John 8.31. John 8:31 Then Jesus said to the to those Jews who believed him If you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed They believed him but they are not yet the disciple It is when they abide in the word So this verse calls us to not only believe but to also become disciples by abiding in his teaching. This would help us to know the truth and which will set us free. So if we are still at the stage of believing, which is absolutely correct, 
then there is need for us to move to the stage of disciple through discipleship. Yeah. So also James 2 14 and 17 tells us that faith without work is dead. In the context of discipleship, one can ask, what would it profit? Yeah, if you read the if you read the section, you will see. What would it profit to believe by professing the faith? Demonstrating uh, what would it profit to just believe? Demonstrating the faith by engaging in discipleship class. Uh, discipleship. Yes, discipleship is the demonstration of faith, belief in Jesus, without which the faith is dead. What would it profit to only believe? Yeah? If you do not demonstrate the faith by engaging in discipleship. From in this context, then I will say that faith without discipleship would be a dead one. There was an argument we made one time that what if, um, I think we discussed one time in our home cell as well in here in the UK uh, with Sister Judy, uh, our blessed sister, um, that um, what if a believer, somebody who has given his life to Christ now, um, uh, if you're giving your, 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 your life to Christ, you, are, you, you have your salvation. There is no discussion about that. Uh, but beyond that, if you die today, of course, you are saved. But if you continue, then you are required to engage in discipleship in order to prepare you, to get you ready to be able to possess, possess that inheritance of internal life. We are still coming to that. It is safe then to say that true Christian life or true Christian journey involve the stage of believing when you accept Christ as your personal savior and the stage of discipleship when you engaged to follow him and become like him, to the process of following him and becoming like him. Please note that discipleship does not only involve you learning to follow Jesus and becoming like him, but also making disciples. Because he commanded is the great commission that he has given unto us. Yeah, in Matthew 28, 12, uh, 19. Yeah, go and make disciples of all nations. So it is still part of it. So my brothers and sisters, at what stage are you currently at? Are you at the stage of believing or are you already engaged in discipleship? If you are still at the stage of believing, there is urgent need. There is urgent need for you to engage in discipleship. Even if you have already started engaging in discipleship, there is urgent need for you to master, grow, and advance in your effort to become like Jesus. And that is the message the Lord is giving me to give unto you today. Search yourself at what stage are you? Are you at the stage of believing? It's not a problem. It's good. It's fine that you have believed and accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. But there is need to demonstrate. There is need to move now to become the disciple of Christ. Why is this important? 
before we look at the need or why discipleship is important, it may be also important to quickly remind us what it means to be a disciple. Because I said quickly remind us because I know that in many occasions or in many different ways we know or we have read in different sections of the Bible what it means to be a disciple of God. Yeah, or disciple of Jesus. So let us look, uh, let us look at Luke, Luke 14. Yeah. 25 to 30. So large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Very difficult, it seems. Very harsh, very strong, yeah. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Yeah, is it the last uh, portion there? Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, this, um, this particular uh, section, also, okay, the 31, okay, I, I stopped at 30. Yeah, fine. But uh, the thing is that this portion of the Bible, we, have, we know it, I know. A lot of us have read it. It is where the uh, uh, Lord Jesus Christ has stipulated the requirements of being a disciple. Yeah, first of all, it is telling us that discipleship involves learning to and putting Christ above those closest and dearest to us. That is what it means. Putting him above, you should not hate your mom, you should not hate your parents or your loved one, but we must put Jesus, we must put following Christ above these ones. It is more important. Yes, our love for him must have precedence over any other. Second point under there is that discipleship involves learning to and also valuing our following Christ above life itself. That is, discipleship demands a devotion to the Lord Jesus that surpasses the instinct to even preserve your own life, being ready to also die. Of course, we know a lot of people that have been persecuted and even died because of the gospel. Before us and even in the current uh, time of ours, there are people that are still paying the supreme price. It's, it's, it's part of it. It is that. It might, uh, you might not be uh, yeah, uh, persecuted to that extent, but you, 
should see it as part and parcel of what discipleship is. That, it, um, that you are ready for that. That is your love, your devotion, your commitment, your, your whatever to Christ will be to that extent. That is what Jesus defined as the characteristic of disciple that will follow him. Discipleship involves learning to and carrying out our own cross and following him. Yes, taking up our own cross involves the daily putting to death of the selfish desire of our selfish ambition that does not consider the love of God, that is trying to threaten the love of God, trying to threaten the commitment that we have in things of God. Yes, if you have those ones, you need to uh, forego them, yes, because that is the only way you can be a disciple of Christ. Discipleship involves learning to and placing our commitment to Christ above material possessions. Yes, we must love God more than we love money and what money can buy. Yes, that is the requirement. It, is, it appears very difficult but understanding it and dedicating ourselves and engaging in the process of discipleship yeah, will help us to learn to be able to meet this requirement. When you engage in it, then with the power and the strength that comes from him, you will see that it is actually a simple process yeah, with his strength backing us. Simply put, discipleship is learning to and engaging in total commitment and submission to the will of the Almighty. That is how I can define it. There is no, that is, in whatever we do, in whatever we do, the love for God, the commitment to his things, the uh, commitment to do his will must be above every other one. It is difficult, but we are required to do that. That is the only way that we can possess that inheritance. And that leads me to why it's important. Why is it important? One, one of the reasons is that Christ is the gentlest master among all the masters that can be served. And it is better to be slave to him than to any other. Um, okay, let me, uh, Romans 6, 16. When we read it. Romans 6, 16 is telling us, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Yeah. So, uh, this, this portion, I put it here because it's telling us that actually we must, or we normally must have something that controls us. We must have something that we obey anyway. You must obey something, whether you like it or not. So, 
It is better to obey the better God that is more gentle, that is more meek, that can lead you to righteousness and eternal life than to renegade on this and then automatically you find yourself in obeying other ones. And it is true, you can see it immediately you step out of the word of God. Satan is there waiting for you. You have to, you must obey at a point in time. There must be something controlling you. And it's better that you control, you are controlled by the gentlest master that will lead you to eternal life than not. If you not, if you become a believer and then stop at that, it, 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 might, it, will be, it is highly likely that you might suddenly be, dra- uh, or be, be dragged by another master to obey. And Satan is ready to do that. He can tempt you. The only way you will reject, the only way you will not be tempted, the only way you will not be pushed to serve all those masters, yeah, is that you choose to enter into discipleship. The process of learning, of learning how to be like Christ. The process of becoming who Christ is. And that is what it is. So, that's why I, uh, this, that is why it's very important. That is one of the key reasons why I see and God is telling me to tell you today that you can, you have to obey anything anyway. There must be something you obey. If you don't choose discipleship, if you don't choose to obey God, other things are waiting and you have to obey. Yeah. So it is your choice. And also he made it possible for us in, um, in, um, uh, in Matthew 11, 28 to 29. He tells us how gentle and better having Jesus as master is, yeah, generally, than having other ones. I know a lot of people, for example, other vices that, can, I'm coming back to the Bible version, the other vices that also can drag you. Because when we talk about other slaves, or sorry, other masters, different types of addictions, different types of, uh, uh, different types of sin, uh, different types of things that hold you down that are not of God. They are the master slaves. Even, uh, for example, um, instead of thinking about God, you stick to maybe a particular program on TV every time. It is the master that controls you. So if you don't allow God, if you don't allow Jesus to be your master through engaging in discipleship, then you, the other vices will control you. And those other vices, they are really very, very difficult. For uh, that, in that uh, um, uh, verse, which is also a very clear verse uh, of the two verses that calls us for discipleship. And that is said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus was talking to a lot of Jewish people that had become captive in Judaism that, prof- or po- uh, that focused too much on keeping the law. Yeah? 
is talking to those people that have become captive because one of the slaves you can be or one of the masters could also be purely believing in religious system without actually knowing the uh, or seeking the salvation that you're supposed to be uh, to, to be seeking. Yeah, he was talking to them because he sees their situation as heavy, uh, weary, and heavy laden, yeah, or burdened. Because they are being chased. You, you remember that the, the way Paul uh, used to be. They you force you to, uh, to obey and follow the, the laws without even uh, knowing what it means and all those things. He's telling them, come to me. Because you are having, uh, you're, you're, you're heavy laden. You're weary. That I will give you rest. He's telling you, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you. And I know that everyone understands what the yoke is. Yeah? Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Take my yoke. When you yoke with Christ, he makes the heavy burden to be lessened. Even when we look at the, the, the criteria, the requirements of being a disciple, it seems as if it's so difficult. But when you take the yoke, then it will be easy for you. He will lead you, he will teach you, he will yoke you together to be, uh, to learn and become like him. To be his disciple is therefore not a dull and uninteresting task, but a delight. Not a burden, but a blessing. While the scribes and Pharisees lauded it over the people and ruled in pride and arrogance, Jesus gave his life for his sheep. Yes. He humbles and gently leads his own. Though the path is rough, yes, from the definition, it seems as if difficult. The way is sure then, for we have a gentle and skillful guide. So it is better for us to engage in discipleship and grow in our faith, grow in our belief yeah, in God than our us not moving to this stage and then allowing the devil to take us captive in his own way. Whatever type of captive that you find yourself, as far as it is not being a slave to Christ, then it's not leading you anywhere. It's leading to destruction. And that is one of the reasons why discipleship is very, very important. The second point, the reason why discipleship it's very important and I want to share with you today. Is that Christ reveals his innermost thoughts, most intimate secrets only to his um, only to his disciples. Yes. He does it only to his disciples. You could see that while he speaks in parables to everyone, the crowd and all those things. Then he gets the disciples and then explains to them in easier and clear language that they understand. The disciples have or had the privilege to ask him questions when they have finished their public outing. And then they, he, he, he explains it. And discipleship is the only process that will get us to that intimate relationship. That we start hearing, we start listening, we start uh, getting revelations from God. Yes, all those things that the people that are prophesying and all those things they have, you can 
it is also prepared for you, but you need to get intimate. You need to get closer. And it is only discipleship, the process of learning how to be like him and the process of becoming like Jesus that we yoke you together, that we bring you to that intimacy, that you start receiving that. You start understanding. You start seeing. You start getting more um, <clears throat> more explanations or more revelations about God. Mark uh, 4.34 confirms this. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Yeah, that is the public. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. He explained everything. The reason for him doing this has also been given to us, told us in the same Mark 4, 11 to 12. And he said, he said unto them, to you, to his disciples, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parable, so that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. It is only through discipleship. It is only through striving, making conscious effort to be like Christ. Going, moving beyond believing, moving beyond going to church every day, moving beyond that to engage in deep commitment, to engage in learning on engage in building relationship with Christ. That is the only way you will come to that intimate, uh, uh, intimate relationship. To get secret things revealed to you. To get gospel. To get the secret and mystery of the kingdom of God revealed to you. That is one of the key reasons why there is need to have discipleship. And God is calling on all of us today, to listen to that, to consider that. Another, am I within time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another is that discipleship empowers us, uh, uh, empowers our spiritual growth. It prepares us, it makes us to come to that level of knowing that we stop drinking Milk, like uh, uh, um, um, Paul told the Corinthians, and start to eat solid food, to grow spiritually. There is an evangelist in Nigeria, very popular, has written a lot of books. I mean, some Nigerians here might know him, and that is um, uh, Gwile Akoni. Yeah, he's very popular. He has written a lot of books. One of his books about discipleship. Yeah, that is, he says that it is a means, he, decided, he described it as a means of, um, of God making us, preparing us to be at his disposal so that he can use us at any moment. He can use us at any moment. And if we don't engage in that, if we don't engage in trying and doing everything possible to be like Christ, we cannot come to that level to having us being used by God to do wonderful things. yeah. So it is one of the reasons why there is need and we need to engage in discipleship. And the fourth 
point that God wants me to also make very clear here is the fact that we need to conform to the image of Christ to be able to possess our glorious inheritance of eternal life in which we are joint heirs with Christ. Through the death of Christ, we are redeemed, yes, and made sons and daughters of God like Christ is a son of God. But through discipleship, through efforts, engaging, learning, and becoming like Christ, we are then converged with the ability to possess the inheritance. When you believe in God, when you give your life to Christ and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, yes, you are made sons and daughters of Christ. But at that stage, you are still very young. Yes, you are not yet. Um, you have um, what do they call, what they call a kind of right or claim to the inheritance, which is eternal life that we have with Jesus. But you are not ready and prepared to be able to possess this because you cannot. You need. It's like a child that the, the, the maybe the parent died and left an inheritance for. It's still a child. He cannot, he cannot, he needs to be tutored. He needs to be allowed to grow and develop to be able to assess that. And that is the difference. That is the difference. You, as, as long as you have accepted Christ and believe in him, the next stage is that you are required. You are required to engage in discipleship. You are required to start to commit to the things of God. You are required to start to surrender Today, we, we, the, the, other, the other song that we, we sang before uh, this uh, stage of, uh, of the service is surrender all. Give it all. Surrender. All those things, all the things that we are pursuing, they are all important, but Christ is calling us. Christ is telling us today that it must be not above the love for him. It must not be above commitment to his things. It must not. He knows us more than we know ourselves. He knows our minds. He knows what we should even be before we are created. So he knows what is holding us. He knows what and what that we are doing. So he is calling us today to move beyond that, to be able to prepare ourselves and uh, get the capacity to possess the inheritance. Being a believer alone will not take us into his, uh, into this inheritance. Even demons, even devil, yeah, devil, they often believe and tremble when the word of God comes, when Christ uh, talks, yeah, they tremble. But because they believe and they tremble does not yet make them to be partaker of this because they are not yoked. They are not, they don't have that relationship. And that is uh, that. So yet they have no part in the glorious inheritance. In John 2, 23 to 25, the, the chapter tells us, I will not read it, but then you can read it yourself, uh, tells us that many believed in Jesus in that place after he has uh, made some signs and wonders. But Jesus did not commit himself to them. This means that he would not entrust them with the inheritance. Yeah, that you just believe because he did signs and wonders. It's fine, it's fantastic. He wants you to believe. But Jesus did not commit himself. If you read that verse, and I can say, I can see it here. Now, when he was in Jerusalem, 
at the Passover, during the feast, many believed his name when they saw the signs uh, which he did. Yeah. Yeah, the signs which he did. Continue. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. He knew us. He knew everything in our heart. He did not commit. He, does not, he's not, he was not ready to entrust them with their uh, inheritance because they have not yet qualified for that. It is the discipleship that qualifies us for that. It is what God is calling us to do. He wants us to engage. My brothers and my sister, at what stage are you? I am asking it again. Think deeply about it. If you are still at the stage of believing, there is urgent need for you to engage in discipleship with Christ. Even if you have already started engaging in discipleship, there is need to master, grow, and advance in your effort to become like Christ. The requirement is simple, and that is total commitment. I say simple because I know that with him, yoked together with him, it becomes simple. But I know it's difficult. But with him, it is simple. Total commitment and submission to the will and the things of God. Are you ready for that? My brothers and sisters, he is calling you. What is that that is holding you back? What is that that is preventing you from engaging what is it that is preventing me and you from coming to that stage, from coming to that level that God wants us to come in order to empower us to be and possess the inheritance? What it is, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you in your heart to just uh, talk to God at this moment very quickly. Tell God whatever it is that is preventing me from coming to the stage that you want me to be, from coming to the relationship with you, may you in your infinite mercy empower me to overcome them, that I may be at that place where you want me to be. Mighty Father, King of glory, I call upon your name, mighty King of glory. Give me that tenacity, give me that strength, O God, Father, all those things of this world, mighty King of glory, all those needs, all those egos of mine, all those lustful thinking, all those laws of flesh, wherever they may be, that is holding me from moving to the level, to the level that you want me to be. All those unbelief that is preventing me to commit totally the way you want me to mighty king of glory, father in heaven in your infinite mercy empower me, oh mighty father in heaven, to be able to come to this stage, that I will be able father with your grace and with you, yoke with me oh God be able to come to the level that you want me to come to and your name will be glorified in Jesus mighty name Amen Put your hands Lift up your hands let's share the grace May the grace of our 